0: Hello and welcome to LiveAlittleHigher.com. This week we begin reading the second book of the five books of Moses, the Book of Exodus. And uh, its Hebrew name is the book of Shemot, which means names. In his book Likras Shabbat, a Moreno Harraf Rabbi Benjamin Eisenberger Schlita gives us a beautiful insight on the meaning of names and how they're connected to our everyday lives. So he says here that Rashi quotes Hazal, our sages, and, uh, and he says that Shifra and Pua were actually Yoheved and Miriam. So when we begin the, the reading of this uh, book, these two people appear. One is Yoheved and the other one is Miriam. Um, Yoheved is the mother of Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu, who's gonna be the leader that's gonna be, that's gonna take the Jewish people out of Egypt and Miriam is his sister but at the beginning of the, of the reading of this book they're not referred as Jochebed and Miriam they're referred as uh, Shifra and Puach so Jochebed was named Shifra because she used to beautify the newborns they were the two uh, uh, midwives of the Jewish people in, in Egypt and they play a humongous role in the survival of the Jewish people because they went against the the, the orders of Pharaoh of, of drowning the boys in the Nile River. Instead, they used to hide them and they used to make all types of tricks in order for these babies to survive. So, food which is Yohe- Shifra, I'm sorry, who is Yohebet, is given this name of Shifra because Shifra means that she used to beautify the newborn infants and Miriam's name was Puach because she used to cool the babies to sleep and to, shh, to make them calm so they wouldn't be crying and screaming and she used to speak to them in a very soothing way. So this is the way they were known and until this point in the Torah Yohebed and Miriam are not called Yohebed and Miriam they're always referred as Shifra and Puah which describe their selfless devotion in taking care of the infants of Klal Israel so one would think that such simple activities like taking care of babies of being the midwives of the women that would be something like mundane, like they're like, you know how many people are here in this world that take care of people, like the nurses, doctors, eh, all caregivers. Like you would think, okay, it's another job. It's another it's another thing they do. But in reality, the Torah is telling us something very different. It's telling us that such natural pro- proclivity proclivities among women and mothers should not be treated uh, as something that is very normal and, and like not special. Like being a mother or being a caregiver or being someone that takes care of someone else really is the holiest act of all. You know, when I come into the, it's funny when they, when they ask you, when you go into a country, they ask you what's your, your, what do you do? Like, well, I, I, I work for Hashem, but I'm, I would say I'm, a, care, I'm a, a homemaker, I stay at home. And really, people look at you like, mm, like, mm, she doesn't do anything special, you know? And I tell the, the person, you know, this is the le- less well-paid job in the world, and it's the most important one. And he look, they look at me and they say, you know what, you're so right. So what Rabbi Eisenberger is telling us here in, in, the, in the Sages, is that one would think that such simple activities, such as a, a natural pro, uh, being a person that takes care of others, would not draw the attention of, of the Torah, of the Holy Torah? Like, why would they be given such a big role in, in this parashah? They're, they're really put first, they're given a very special and important uh, place. So to the extent that the Torah would replace their names your heaven and miriam with by names to reflect that they took care of babies so what the torah the torah never has one more word one less word it doesn't talk eh, like uh with no deep meaning everything in the torah has deep meaning it's important so what the torah is telling us is, is that people who take care of babies are very important people And this is for you moms, for all those mothers in the world that are giving their time selflessly, that they're stopping their careers, that they're maybe not pursuing their dreams, and they're on hold taking care of their children and their homes. You have to know that you're very, very important. So, so much that look, there's a whole parasha about you. So after all, we know that the the name of something, especially the original name, by which it's called in the Torah, represents its essential nature. We see this from the verses in Parashah Bereshit, in which God gives Adam Harishon the sehut, the merit, to name all the animals in the world. He, he put the animals in front of him and told him, please give them their names. And we see from that pasuk that says that whatever Adam Harishon called the preacher, Hushmo, that its its name, it, the, the, Hashem would say, that is its name. So the sefarim ask, what is, what is so important about here? What, what do we have to really learn about it? What is the hidush? And so basically any arbitrary name we might have given would have become the name of that animal. Like if you name an animal a dog, it's a dog. Obviously in Lashon uh, Hakodesh, in the Hebrew language, not in in the other languages, but in the Hebrew language. Everything, eh, the name of everything has the energy of that name. So for example, a dog is not a dog, it's a a Kalev. Kalev, the root is Lev, which is heart. So the dog is heart. It's, it's 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 it has emotions. It's it's a heart-based animal. It's 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 a it's a loving animal. So every name that is given to an article, to an animal, to a person, to a to a, a tree, a flower, they all contain the energy that sustains that, uh, that creation. So, so it says here, the, the, the sages explain that the name in the Torah is not just a so, societal agreement, it's not just a label, it's not just you put names so you can identify something uh, in a particular way. Rather, the Torah names describe the true makeup of the person of the, the the object of the animal and the and the innermost structure of things so the revelation is that adam harishon was has had married to see the inner makeup of every animal this is why hashem allowed him to put the names of the animals because he could see the inner the dna the spiritual dna of each of each animal and because of that he had the knowledge and the inspiration to give them their names so when the torah calls Yohebed and Miriam Shifra and Puach before calling them anything else it must be it must be saying the Torah must be saying to us that the natural activities possess important great importance so what they dedicated themselves to do what their life was about is of major importance could it be that cooing a baby was such an essential statement about heaven and Miriam's deepest nat- natures. So simple everyday activities, what the rabbi is teaching us here, Rabbi Eisenberger, is that we sometimes feel like whatever easy activity you do, like normal, like everyday, they don't, they're not extraordinary things you do, have a lot of power. They're not seamless. They're not—they're um, not something that it it's, goes undetected. This is a, a startling for us. Like to think that if you're if you're a garbage collector, for example, a person that goes in the street and is collecting the garbage every day you would think like that's the lowest of the lowest, like what an an insignificant thing he does, like what a low life. But in reality, the way that he does what he does is what brings the greatness in the person. And it comes to my mind that a year ago or two years ago, I was crossing the street in Broadway in New York, in the Upper West Side, and there was the garbage collector and he was collecting the garbage. And I was in awe looking at this guy collect the garbage. Like every garbage can he held in his hands, he would like do a, a flip and around and he would dance with it and then he would put it in the truck. And he did it one after the other, after the other, after the other. It was like incredible to see. And for me, it was such an awe-inspiring moment to see a person that has such a mundane job let's call it like not the nicest of the jobs in the world to be collecting garbage and putting in a, in a dump truck and nevertheless his job was magnificent because the way he did it was magnificent he did it in a magnificent way so what he Rabbi Eisenberger is telling us here is that we don't need to have major revolutions in our lives. We don't need to do incredible, incredible, extraordinary things in our lives uh, because that's not gonna make you an extraordinary person. What makes you an extraordinary person is when you make the ordinary extraordinary. Is when everything you do in your life, you do with devotion, with love, you do the best you can, you put the best of your ability in everything you do. So, in this world, uh, says Rabbi Yeruham, there are no minor actions or major actions there's no no there's nothing that is bigger or or smaller maybe in the world and in our eyes we have categories for things and maybe we think this is more altruistic this is nothing whatever but in reality what he's saying is that in Hashem's eyes the 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 truth is that there's no major or lower actions but rather there are major people and lower people this is what, what Rabbi Yeru, Yeruham is saying. And the quality of an act is based on the greatness of the individual. So it's not what you have to do in life, what if it's great or not great, it is you. You are the one that makes the, the, the deed great. So, So it says here that does a great person is not one who who performs great acts, but rather who who makes all his acts great. This is revolutionary, think about it. A great person is not the one that is doing great things, is the one that 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 that, that, that is doing everything in a great way. Like if you're gonna serve your dinner for Shabbat, for example, very special day it's a very holy day but if you put a table with a plastic uh, tablecloth and plastic plates and plastic cups yeah maybe they're beautiful but uh, uh, you know but if you go and you buy nice china and believe me if you make the, 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 the accounting of how much you spend in plastic uh, a year you can buy the finest china and you go and you buy the nicest china you can buy and you put a beautiful table and you put beautiful flowers and you make a beautiful feeling in, in your in your table then it's a different table, it's a different Shabbat it's a great table so every activity provides an indication of his or her distinctiveness and uh, in contrast a small person can take the most distinguished activity The biggest, incredible, most amazing thing and distort its significance until it's only something small. So you can take something very great and make it very small. Or you can take something very small and make it very great. So a great person earns her her place or his place in the Torah, not for her deeds per se but for the manner in which, in the case of, of, of Shifra and Poach, Yohebeth and Miriam, they did them. It was the way in which they did what they did. It wasn't what they did, it was how they did it. And something as seemingly small as how she, as they related to these infants, uh, it became their staple, it became their, their signature, it was their... It was it was a stamp. It was like their, like their trademark, you know? So this is the principle that we have to derive, that the man defines the act rather than the act defines the man. And with uh, great people, all their deeds are gonna be great. A great person, everything he's gonna do in his life is gonna be amazing, it's gonna be great. With a deep people, people who are deep, soul-searching, everything they're gonna do is gonna be deep and, and soul-searching and rich. And little people, all their deeds, it's sad to say, but they're gonna be petty, they're gonna be little things, little things, they're gonna do everything like this. So Rabbi Chaim Kamil would quote Rabbi Chaim Shmulevitz as having said that those who elogize great tzaddikim by relating their great deeds do a very big disservice to them because it's in the small details it's in how they treated their wives, it's how they ate, it's how they drank their water, it's how they tie their shoes, it's in the everyday little minor things that you you would overlook, that they're not important for anyone, that you see really the greatness of a person. This is where you see it. This is where you see it. It's not in the big things, it's in the little things. So such incidents are more than stories, they're defining moments displaying these individuals essential character. I remember there's a story that I, have, I think I've said it before, but it's worth repeating about Rabbi Reikman, important rabbi in, in Canada. And he was very sick, he was going through treatments, and uh, one day he's coming out of the hospital with his son, and he tells the son, you know what, I'm very thirsty. Do you think you could find for me a glass of water? So the son went to look for a glass of water. Obviously today to find a glass of water is almost impossible, you find bottles of water and he could get a bottle of water. He brought the bottle of water, water to the father so he could drink water. And the father looked at the bottle and he says, a Jew doesn't drink from a bottle. There's a way to drink water. You, you have a, a glass, you pour the drink, and then you do shakol and then you drink it like a king. You don't drink like, like, like this, like an animal. You drink like a, like a person. And you know what, that story, I don't know why, it made such an impression on me that I decided that I was gonna stop drinking from bottles. It sounds crazy, maybe you're gonna think Margie went nuts. But I decided, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna emulate this sodic. I'm gonna try to be more refined. I'm gonna stop drinking from bottles directly. And I never th- thought it would be so hard because I go to the gym and usually you take your bottle of water and it became like complicated. But I used to take the bottle of water and a little plastic cup with me and I would pour the water and drink from it. And interestingly so, I have to say that this little act, insignificant act, really made me much more uh, aware of many, many, many little things. It made, it, it like woke me up from, from a dream. And I started seeing more things that I hadn't seen before. So this is an example of little things that people do that really refine a character, that make them great, that make them different from other people, that make them above other people. This is what what it means. So the, the special people are those who put their best effort in everything they, they do in every situation. Even if you're sick and you're thirsty and you don't drink from a bottle of water, you wait till you get home and you drink from from a proper uh, glass and in and this impacted me. So how small or insignificant it may seem to the overall picture. So, So small deeds count. They're very, very important and the, the, this demonstrates uh, an incident from the Gemara in Moed Catan, uh, which is talking about the time where Rabbi Hilla was uh, going to die. And Rabbi Hilla had been successfully abo- avoiding the angel of death, the, the, malach, uh, the malach of death. So for some time until one day, this angel of death decided to get more, more intelligent, and he appeared to Rabbi Hilla in his door, as, uh, disguised as a poor man, asking for food, and Rabbi Hilla gladly gave him a piece of bread uh, to eat. Uh, so the, the malach, the angel, said you seem to have compassion, you have Rahmanus on a poor man why don't you have similar rakmanos on that man standing outside of your door and he was meaning the angel of death why are you not merciful with the angel of death that's coming to get you and you're avoiding him and this guy has a job to do so at that moment the, the angel revealed his true nature, he revealed himself to Rabbi Hilla, uh, his identity, and was able to fulfill his mission and, uh, and taking Rabbi Hilla's life. So Rabbi Chaim Shmulevitz asked, what comparison is there between giving a poor man a piece of bread and giving up one's life to the malach, to the angel? What sense can we make of, the, of this appeal that the angel did to Rabbi um, Hia asking him to be, have rachmanus, to have mercy on him, that he has a job to fulfill, he's not, and he's not allowing him to do it. So evidently, says Rabbi Chaim, when Rabbi Hiya provided this slice of bread to the poor man, it was more than just a simple piece of bread because it says that when a person gives sedaka when a person gives to a poor person he's really giving a part of his life he's taking away his bread that he could be eating and he's giving it to this poor man when you take 10% of your earnings and you put it aside and you give it to to needy situations needy people you are giving of your life you you sweated to earn that money you suffer to earn that money you need that money and nevertheless you're giving it to someone that also needs it so what he's saying is that what, he was giving part of his life to the man and this is the level of heartfelt investment that rabbi Hilla offered when he was giving tzedakah to, to, to this man or doing his kindness. So if, when, if we think that Rabbi Hiya was just a good-hearted man who gave bread to the poor, that would be a tremendous mistake because Rabbi uh, Shmulevitz explains, he didn't just give bread, he gave his life. And this demonstrates what Rabbi Yeruhan meant, the individual defines the action. So Rabbi Hijah transformed the act of sharing a simple piece of bread with a poor man into a Messira's Nefesh. He was self-sacrifice. He gave with his with his body, with his, with his strength, and with his soul. He gave up his life. So in the same vein, one woman can comfort an infant, a woman can coo coo cool, sing to a little baby and make him feel better and beautify him, put beautiful clothes on him and make him beautiful. And those acts have, have can have le- very little meaning or they can be great acts. It all depends on the intention that you put into your actions. So so we see here that the message is very important to everybody, to everybody. But in this case, I wanna give it especially to those moms that feel that they're under underpaid, under-recognized, uh, they feel their lives are meaningless. Especially to you women today, this week, that is important to to find yourself spending your life or parts of your life investing energy in what seems to be simple acts. Like don't take your simple acts lightly. If you have to go to the supermarket and you don't like going to the supermarket but you nevertheless have to go shopping and have to buy the fruit and the vegetables and the milk and the eggs and all these things that takes like an hour of your day or more Go happily, because if you go with the right intention and you recognize the greatness of what you're really doing, you're feeding your family, you're taking care of them, you're making sure nobody goes hungry, it's the biggest kindness you can give someone. Sedaka begins in your home. Kindness begins in your home with with the people you love. Yes, it's beautiful to give to others, it's beautiful to help others, but if you're lacking in your house, then there's something wrong. Yes, that person, she's such a volunteer, she's always in the hospital taking care of little babies and and she's amazing, but then her kids get home from school, the mother's not there, there's no food in the fridge, they're they're alone in the house or they're being taken care by a nanny. Hello? Put your priorities where, where they really are. The greatness starts in the little ones, in the little things, not in the greater things. So, so it says here that, uh, that sometimes engaging in these seemingly mundane acts makes you stop and say to yourself, this can be what it's all about. Sometimes we wonder, really, I was born for this? This is the whole purpose of my life, to, to, to take care of people that don't even say thank you to me, that they're always complaining and crying, and this is a house with little kids. They always, they wanna see TV. I don't let them see TV. They're always nasty with me. This is what it is. So, so the, 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 the sages say that that is the revolution. This is the revolutionary things we do. This is really where, where your efforts are seen and, and, and to be part of them, but they are not necessarily so great in the outside. Like people don't know what you have to go through. This is something you carry within yourself. So your small, small acts of just making your son or your daughter a sandwich for breakfast with a thin slice of tomato and putting a thin slice of cucumber and putting in the mayonnaise they like and making it how they love it with love if they're done with the right intention if they're done eh, with the with the love of a mother to nourish their kids and really make them feel good about themselves eh, then you are really serving hashem you're really serving hashem to and and this makes you not a good person this makes you a great person will in the course of your child's development prove to be that you're raising children that feel loved and nurtured and cared for. That their mother really is giving the best of herself to them. At the end, you'll see it. You'll see it. So small acts done greatly by a great woman are all great deeds. Never take it for granted. And... um, and I want to really extend the braha that Rabbi Eisenberger gives here. And I want to read it because it's so beautiful. He says that we should have the sehel, the, sehel, the intelligence, the good sense, the, 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 the clear mind focus more on what we are to focus on the on our character to what thought and 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 and, and heart to our to our deeds which will transform those that uh, receive them and that we should be uh, so meritorious to, to have aspirations and for our children to have and a, a, a good tidings and to never feel let down because of the deeds that we so often are occupied with don't feel that you're missing out don't feel that you're not doing what you're meant to be doing this is why you're here that's why it says Hashem created mothers because he cannot be everywhere so he created mothers obviously Hashem can be everywhere He's everywhere, He's with the mother helping her but this is a nice quote Like He created us to be able to bring these beautiful children into the world and raise them up in a nourishing beautiful eh, great way and be a great mom so they can be great kids and at at the end they're going to be also great mothers and great fathers and have great kids this is the whole purpose so may we be sohe may we have merit to have a beautiful beautiful Chavez and uh, and everybody that needs to be healed should be healed and any everybody that should be to, that needs a salvation should have a salvation and we all should have a lot of satisfaction so i wish you a blessed rest of the week and remember live a little higher thank you